Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Rufus who loved writing stories. Little Rufus dreamed of being a writer, so he stood in English literature. Don't tell him that he shouldn't have seen my even though it's true, even though he is second worst writer in the world, second worst writer in the world, second worst writer in the world, the second worst writer in the world. He's so mediocre, he can't even claim to be the worst writer. So if you think about it, he's actually worse than the worst writer in the world. Welcome to another episode of The Worst Writer in the World. And finally, finally, we're going to see what really bad writing is like, right? Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that how true. this one works? That is true. Because last week we came to the end of young child Howard's mole story. <laughs> Right. And not an end with a big bang, like it was promised. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, very much a whimper. Mm. Because young Howard gave up, as he did with so many things. Oh, but... it doesn't mean right. <laughs> with a few things I gave up. <laughs> no, I mean, th- you were so prolific that you couldn't be expected to finish things. But, as with many of your stories, we have decided, older Howard and older Rufus have decided to finish it for young Howard. Right, right yeah. I'm not older than young Howard, though. I'm yeah, actually younger than him. No, that doesn't make I've been sense. going backwards. It's meaningless. <laughs> I've got a picture in my attic. <laughs> That's and... not a... Wrong story. Benjamin Button. You're referring to Benjamin Button. Okay, I've got Benjamin Button in my attic. Right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. He's and, he's like, and he's like, let me out, let he's me getting out. Older and I'm, like, I'm not. I'm like, no, stay in my attic. That's where you live now, Mr. Button. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to finish this story and we planned the final three chapters. Right? Wow. But we only planned them very, very in not much detail. We basically decided which one thing should happen in each chapter mm. and also... So uh, whose perspective it should be from. Right. right. And so I'm going first with the next chapter. Okay. And, All right. and then I'm going to hear it and then I'm going to write the next bit. You're going to hear this and then you're going to write the next bit, yes. Right. And because I'm writing this chapter, I also wrote the plot so far. Oh. Eric Jenkins was a man. Yeah. He was a grey-haired, grey-moustached, not unattractive, not unclever, not undressed, not disrespected, <laughs> not not imperfect, not 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 useless, not 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 unhelpful, not 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 dead man. Brilliant. He was also a man who loved movies about humanoid mole people. <laughs> or rather, he wasn't a man who didn't love movies about humanoid mole people. Brilliant. But the thing he loved most about them was that they were not real. They were fun fantasies, escapism not to be taken seriously. So you can imagine how surprised Eric was when a load of actual humanoid mole people burrowed up out of his floor and attacked. Mm. He ran straight to the local police station, where his friend, PC John Wilkinson, immediately put him in jail for some reason. (laughs) Then, PC Wilkinson went outside and got got eaten to death by moles. That happened, right? Then PC Wilkinson went outside and got eaten to death by moles, so maybe he should have listened to Eric Jenkins instead of oppressing him. Hmm. (laughs) You see, what had happened was this. The mole people had been living happily underground for many generations, until they found a discarded bag of humbugs and were so impressed with their tastiness, they immediately invented science (laughs) so they could reproduce them. 
They made enough for all the humanoid mole people, and only then did they realise that the humbugs had a side effect. That they sent mole people mad and dead. Mm-hmm. Luckily for the mole people, it turns out that there is an afterlife. And all that heaven and hell guff is real. Ray. So they were given a choice. Go to hell. Go directly to hell. <laughs> Do collect £200, but then lose it all in a casino. <laughs> or they could apply to heaven, as long as they haven't perpetrated any genocides recently. <laughs> or, and this was the one most mole people opted for, they could be resurrected, brought back to life exactly as they were when they died, but evil. Mm. Although Satan didn't tell them that bit, the bounder. Mm. So they got resurrected, and then they immediately attacked Eric's house, because... Mm, and then... And then Eric went for help, at which point he was locked in a cell. That's basically the whole story. And the last time we saw Eric, he was in that cell, and someone, or something, was walking towards him. <gasps> Chapter 24 Return of the Living Dead Went the Wrong Way Humanoid Mole People. Wow. All stand for the Right Honourable Judge Nigel, Supreme Guardian of Morality and Order in this new world state of humans who haven't been murdered by moles. In the courtroom, everyone stood as Judge Nigel entered and walked over to the bench. Hey, dudes and dudesses, he said groovily. It's great to be here, back in the old neighbourhood, just opposite the school I went to all those years ago. And it's great to be a judge. <laughs> I always knew I'd be good at it because my dad was a judge and I studied judging at Harvard University in Oxford. And one time I met Judge Judy and she said I'd make a great judge because I had the right kind of judgy face. Yeah. Nigel took his seat behind the judge's podium and treated the crowd to one of his best smiles. I've got a really cool car as well, <laughs> he said, and my stereo has specially fitted speakers that are louder than the engine of a jet aeroplane. <laughs> and I can control my garage door from an app on my phone. Hmm. Look! Judge Nigel took his super trendy mobile phone from the pocket of his sick jeans, swiped it on and jabbed <laughs> his thumb at it several times. My garage door is open now, <laughs> he said, but my garage is three miles away. Hmm. Someone's probably stealing my car as we speak. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> the congregated congregation mumbled that it was indeed hella cool mm. and that Judge Nigel was also hella cool because his garage was open. <laughs> this court has been convened for the trial of the wicked traitor, Eric Jenkins, and his co-conspirator, Matilda, who is also wicked. And when I say wicked, I don't mean good. I don't mean... <laughs> like when I say, hey man, that's a wicked tune. Or, hey everybody, watch me do a wicked double flip on my skateboard. No way, compadre. I mean wicked as in evil. Max level malevolent, full on fiendish. How do you two villains plead? I don't even know what I've done, said Eric. <laughs> hey dude, ignorance is no excuse. 
I mean, why did you bring me here? A bunch of men came and took me out of my cell, then brought me straight to this courtroom. I don't know what you think I did, but I didn't do it. Unless my crime is going to the cinema, because I did that. <laughs> is that a crime now? Going to the cinema? Then let he who is without sin, in my ticket stub, cast the first stone. <laughs> Someone threw a rock at Eric. <laughs> Not literally, Eric complained. You are accused of totally summoning the mole people and basically causing the end of the world. Wow. Now tell the court, bro, how do you plead? Not guilty, obviously, said Eric. <laughs> I didn't summon any mole people because I don't think that you can summon mole people. It certainly never happened in any of the movies. <laughs> Not even in the summoning of the humanoid <laughs> mole people, which was surprising. Mm. Then why did they come up through the floor of your house? Mm. Asked a man who was sitting at the table across from Eric and Matilda. Who's this guy? He's the counsel for the prosecution or whatever, <laughs> said Judge Nigel. Isn't there supposed to be a defender as well? <laughs> there was, but we scheduled his trial for before yours, and he was found guilty and hanged. <laughs> guilty of what? Collusion. With the known traitor Eric Jenkins. I mean, what kind of person would defend a man who brought killer mole people into the world? Mm. Only a full-on Judas dude, so we killed him. Eric was starting to think he'd be better off locked in a cell and being attacked by moles. Mm. I'm innocent, he said. I didn't help any moles. Then perhaps you'd like to explain, said the prosecutor, mm -hmm. why, when we searched your house, we not only found a big mole hole in the kitchen floor, we also found pictures of moles all over the walls, and models of moles, and books about moles, and DVD movies... About moles. Mm. I just really like moles, <laughs> said Eric, and the whole courtroom gasped. <gasps> I mean, I didn't know they were real. I don't like real mole people. <laughs> I like the movies about moles. They were fun, you know. I just I wanted to enjoy myself with moles. <laughs> Your Honour, the prosecution rests. <laughs> what? <laughs> he seems pretty guilty, all right, yeah. Judge Nigel said to the prosecutor. <laughs> all that stuff about liking moles. <laughs> Talk about a smoking gun. Yeah. That's not what smoking gun means. Shall we hang him now, mm. said the prosecutor. No, hang on. Judge Nigel considered Eric, stroking his chin in a particularly laid-back and cool manner. Hold your donkeys, dude. We'd better do the woman's trial first. Then we can hang them together, said Judge Nigel. Matilda Edmead, please take the stand. <laughs> Matilda stood and walked over to the witness stand. Matilda Edmead, said the prosecutor, is it not true that you were overheard claiming full responsibility for the arrival of the murderous mole people? I don't know about full responsibility. I said I was worried I might have inadvertently caused it. Hmm. And how does one inadvertently cause thousands of murderous mole people to burrow out of the ground simultaneously in several countries and go on a crazy face-eating rampage, leaving millions of humans dead and faceless? Hmm. Yeah, dude, like, what did we ever do to them? Why do they hate our faces so much that they want to eat them off? 
Why are the Mole Bros so determined to kill us? That's just the thing, right? I don't think the Moles do want to kill us. That's a very odd thing to think, considering that the Moles are quite literally killing us. I don't think that's what they really want, though. I think we've just been getting in the way of them fulfilling their real objective. <laughs> and what is their real objective? Asked the prosecutor. Mm. What, in your opinion, do the mole people really want? They want to eat our washing machines, <laughs> said Matilda. Yeah. And they'll kill us if we try and stop them. Some time later, once the noise had died down and the people in the courtroom had stopped laughing and yelling, Judge Nigel called for order. OK, guys and dolls, let's put the lid back on this bottle of fun cola. <laughs> and calm down, OK? Mr Prosecution Bro, do you have any further questions? Yes, many, said the prosecutor. Firstly, why do you think the moles want to eat our washing machines? Because one ate my washing machine, <laughs> said Matilda. I was hiding behind the fridge and I saw the whole thing. And when it had finished, it looked straight at me with its red eyes and said, and I'll try and get the voice right, it said, Have you got a tumble dryer for dessert? <laughs> I was too scared to speak, so I just shook my head. I thought it was going to eat my face, but it didn't. It didn't eat my face. It went next door and ate their washing machine instead. <laughs> and their faces. I think they must have gotten its way, you know. Actually, now you mention it, said Eric Jenkins, when I went back into my house and it was full of mould, my washing machine wasn't there either. <laughs> I didn't think much about it at the time because I was busy being really terrified and running away faster than parked cars. But <laughs> my washing machine definitely wasn't there. I know, because when I opened my door and knocked my wife's decapitated head into the broom cupboard, <laughs> well, it shouldn't have been able to roll into the broom cupboard because the washing machine should have been in the way. <laughs> Eric nodded and grunted to himself, pleased to have had something helpful to add for once in his stupid life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say you knocked your wife's decapitated head into the broom cupboard? Asked the prosecutor. Yeah, but I think it's best if I don't think too hard about that for the moment. <laughs> I'm dealing with an awful lot as it is. A realisation like that could tip me over the edge. <laughs> And it's not just my house and his house, it's everyone's house. If you investigate the houses in this town, you won't find one with a washing machine in it. They've all been eaten. By moles. By moles, yes. They're humanoid mole people, actually, <laughs> said Eric. They're not actual moles. I mean, they own drills for a start. <laughs> Which, by the way, proves that they're not primitive. <laughs> but... They also don't know what fridges are, so they're not civilised. <laughs> Eric nodded to himself as if what he was saying made perfect sense. Moles don't own drills because they're nature's drill. <laughs> Could we please get back to the point? The prosecutor interrupted. I believe, Matilda, that you were going to confess how you are responsible for these mole people attacking and eating face. No, I said I might have inadvertently caused it. Mm. How? Well, said Matilda, it all started with a bag of humbugs. It was about a week ago when I went into a shop to buy some humbugs to take to work. You know, just like any normal person might do. Buy a, <laughs> buy a 
buy a bag of humbugs and give them to my colleagues and definitely not shove them up any part of me first. <laughs> so I went to the shop and I asked for a bag of humbugs and the man there said they only sold them in bags of a million. <laughs> Well, I thought that number was a bit high, you know. Because why would anyone need a million humbugs? And besides, when am I going to find time to stick that many up my bum and then wrap them up again and replace them in the bag before giving them to my colleagues? Not that I was planning to do that, you understand. But just, you know, theoretically, if I was if I was planning to do that, which I wasn't, I'd be up all bleeding night, wouldn't I? So I asked the shopkeeper if he wouldn't mind coming down on the number a bit, you know. Instead of a million humbugs, I suggested... Maybe ten. But he said, no, it's a million or nothing. But on the bright side, it was only £6.50, which is a pretty good <laughs> price for a bag with a million humbugs in it, even if I did end up throwing them away. Well, yeah. no one wanted them, you see. And I wasn't about to eat them myself. Not a million of them. And not after they'd all been up my backside, you know. <laughs> Matilda paused to take a breath. Yeah. Everyone in the courtroom was staring at her as if she'd just admitted to ramming a million humbugs up her ass. She decided to ignore them and carry on. Anyway, while the shopkeeper was heaving this massive great bag of humbugs over the counter to me, I noticed he was mumbling something to himself. I didn't pay much attention at the time, I just thought he was a weird old red man with wings and horns, like you get in old-fashioned sweet shops, you know. But now I'm starting to think it might have been pertinent to our predicament after all. What did he say? Hmm. said Judge Nigel. He said, and I'll try and get his voice right for you. <laughs> he said, Oh, yes, this will certainly help me win the game by making those humanoid mole people go mad and die. <laughs> At which point, I'll be able to resurrect them, which will cause them to be evil and kill all the humans, whilst also, as a side effect, eating all the washing machines. <laughs> to which I said, what? And he said, oh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> so I ignored him and left, dragging my bag of a million humbugs behind me, and I forgot all about it. But considering that since that day, a load of evil mole people have tried to kill all the humans, whilst also, as a side effect, eating all the washing machines, maybe I should have taken him more seriously after all. Order in the court, bros and cis bros said Judge Nigel, and the noise died down to a murmur. I think we can all agree that these two crims totally suck. Like, <laughs> they're really bringing me down, dude. So let's take them outside and hang them from a tree. Yeah! A cheer went up from the assembled assembly, <laughs> and the prosecutor began packing papers into his shiny briefcase. No, wait, shouted Eric. You need me. I'm the only one who knows how to kill the humanoid mole people. Really? Yes, uh, uh, unless anyone else has seen the 1,061 humanoid mole people movies that were made between 1963 and 1972. Mm -hmm. There was much shaking of heads and mumbling of the words no and never and complete fucking garbage. <laughs> I didn't think so. Well, I have. I've seen all of them, twice. And I can tell you this, the mole people always kill humans. Sometimes they want their food, sometimes they do it for sport, like in the seminal classic... Amazonian tree moles versus the homosexual nun-Nazis from Space World. <laughs> Sometimes they even kill humans by accident. That happened in Eladravin Bandan and his Stick It Up Your Bum and Live Forever machine. <laughs> Which concerned a robot that could make people live forever by injecting them up the bum using a syringe which was attached to his groin. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to a design flaw, for every 101 people it made immortal, it would violently bum one to death. <laughs> 
that most people figured those odds were good enough for the ah. chance of immortality and let the robots dig it through and duck them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would. In fact, the only person who didn't was Iladravin Bandan, because, as he said, I've never let one of my scientific experiments bum me to death before. <laughs> <laughs> so why should I start now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Several shocked expletives erupted from the convened convention. No? Oh, you think that's foolish, do you? Yeah. You think letting a robot bum you to death is stupid, do you? Well, it's exactly the same odds as you dying in a car accident, but you don't avoid roads at all costs, do you? And crossing the street isn't going to make you immortal, no matter how many times you don't get hit by a truck. So maybe you should look at your own life before you start criticising people for letting a robot maybe bum them to death. <laughs> because you getting in a car or going near a road ever is exactly the same as letting Eladravin Bandan <laughs> stick it up your bum and live forever robot machine bum you to death <laughs> there was a moment of silence while everyone stared at eric jenkins you said you know how to kill mole people prompted the prosecutor eventually yeah there's only one way to kill them and that's to shoot a tank at them <laughs> <laughs> what said pretty much everyone yeah and you've got to shoot a tank at them <laughs> you mean shoot them with a tank? <laughs> no, I mean shoot a tank at them. You've got to get a tank, put it in a cannon and shoot the tank at the mole person. Then the mole person will die <laughs> with a tank on his head. <laughs> what if we just shoot them? No, got to be a tank. <laughs> <laughs> what if we cut their heads off? Depends if you want a load of headless mole people attacking you. <laughs> what if we set fire to them, said Judge Nigel. Surely that would work. No, tank or nothing. Hmm. Well said the prosecutor. I don't know about the rest of you, but I don't actually have a lot of tanks lying around in my potting shed. And even if I did, I don't know where we'd get a cannon big enough to fit a tank in. Yeah, dude, that sounds really tricky. Like, mm. problematical, man. Maybe we should just get on with hanging these two and worry about the moles next time we see them. Unfortunately, Judge Nigel and the rest of the bloodthirsty crowd never got the chance to hang Eric and Matilda, because at that exact moment, 50 living dead went the wrong way humanoid mole people drilled through the wall and ate all their faces. Yes! Right then, is everybody here? Wow. Lisped Veltar Yog, the leader of the mole people. Brilliant. Everyone replied that yes, they were here, and since no one said that they weren't here, Veltar Yog continued. Good. And has everybody had their fill of human fish to give us the energy to complete the next stage of our plan? Everyone replied that they were more than satisfied on the face front, but they really could go for a washing machine or two. <laughs> Don't worry, mole people. If our plan succeeds, we'll have all the washing machines we can eat forever and ever. A mole. A mole, repeated, <laughs> repeated everyone solemnly. Poor Stanton, said Veltor Yog. Where's poor Stanton Edra? Here I am, coming in your courthouse, coming in your courthouse. <laughs> What's he doing in your courthouse? He's answering your question. What can I do to you? Are you quite certain that this is the right spot? Very certain, your leaderfulness. I did the sums, I calculated the hypotenuse, and this is definitely the right place. Okay, mole people, drills out the ready. <laughs> Every one of the humanoid mole people grabbed their long-handled tool with a sharp flat end and held it aloft. <laughs> drilling, drilling, 
<laughs> they chanted happily. <laughs> now, take your drills and start to dig, <laughs> shouted Veltar Yog. Dig, dig and keep digging with your drills. <laughs> and together we will break back into hell and we'll show Satan that no one messes with the living dead. Went the wrong way, humanoid mole people. Why are the humanoid mole people drilling back into hell? Didn't they just escape from there? Is it really possible to stick a million humbugs up your ass in a single night? <laughs> and who will defeat the moles? Now the only people who know how to kill them are dead. What's right in the world? Find out next week on the... What's right in the world? What's right Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. Second Worst Writer in the World. Yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. Now, Howard. Mmm. Do you ever wonder how long it takes two gentlemen like us to put together what sounds like a fairly simple episode of The Worst Writer in the World? Yes. <laughs> because, like, maybe people will go, oh, they probably record it for half an hour and mm -hmm. then upload it and it's all done. But it's a little bit more difficult than that, right? Is it? <laughs> like, as in, actually, for every half an hour that you hear... Oh. Oh, yeah. We actually record probably up to four hours and oh then God. edit the heck out of it because editing takes time, like probably about twice as long as the time. It's probably six to eight hours of editing for yeah. an episode. And uh, there's all, you know, all the reading the plot so far and, mm -hmm. and editing mm -hmm. that as well. So there's a, a single episode of Worst Writer in the World does involve quite a lot of time. A lot of time, quite and it takes time. a heavy toll on our brains as well, all the alcohol that <laughs> used to punish it. Yeah, that we've got to help us to get through yeah. these wonderful stories yeah. by uh, Howard. And let's not forget all the hours that young Howard put in to write this stuff as that's well. True. I mean, that's got to be a lot of time, right? Yeah, he spent at least a minute <laughs> a day, maybe. So if you'd like to help us continue putting this amount of time and effort into this show so that you can keep listening and enjoying it, why not join our secret gang yes. for as little as $2 a month? And that will just help us to carry on, won't it? It will, because uh, we've got some other things we need to do. Like I've got to fix the fence. <laughs> but if, if you can give me some money... Could you give me some fence some money, money to, to For someone else to fix the fence, then I can just get on with writing some stories in the past when I'm 12. Yeah, yeah. And the fence man said it'll cost $2 a month. Yes. <laughs> to fix the fence. Yeah. But as I many, think, which I think as, is quite reasonable. From as many people as possible. Oh, yeah, then it becomes really expensive. <laughs> uh, but, of course, not only will you support us and help us to continue making this show you will also get all the other stuff that we make exclusively for the gang yeah all the extended episodes and the pages for two dollars all the exclusive secret gang podcasts and gret binchleaf stories at seven and twelve dollars and if you're insane you can join the top tier and we'll write you a story with you in wow and you also get like three years of back catalogue. It's really, it's actually really, really worth doing that. That's bat catalogue. Is that <laughs> yeah. Bruce Wayne's bat catalogue? That's Bruce, just what Bruce Wayne calls any catalogue. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> 
You know, if you if you are supporting, giving us two dollars to get all that brilliant stuff and to support <laughs> yeah, this yeah. show, you're also supporting two other shows, right? Yeah, yeah, Man by Cow yes. podcast, Man by Cow podcast, and Gret Binchley, Gret Binchley podcast, of course, which is a show in which we take turns writing a brilliant story, mm, kind of like we're doing on this one, just yes. very briefly. This is like a taster mm. of what Gret Binchley is like. Mm. So if you've enjoyed this episode, and if you continue to enjoy the next couple of episodes, you will definitely like Gret Binchley, mm. and that's free. It is free. Uh, on the British Comedy Guide. Go and check it out. Yeah, you. I mean, if you're absolute skinflint, if you're Mr. Mean from the Mr. Man, <laughs> or little Mrs. Mean, or <laughs> Roger R. Greaves, um, <laughs> then you could listen to all of the Man by Cow podcast and the Gret Bitchley podcast and then decide to give us $2, you absolute brilliant. <laughs> you're absolute brilliant, yeah. At this point, we've got about 100 free episodes Wow. Uh, over our three shows, and a lot more than that uh, available to the gang. Yes. That are exclusive to the gang. If you like the Man by Cow podcast, at some point in the next few weeks, we're releasing the next episode mm. of that, of Series 5, exclusive to the gang, because they get all the Man by Cow episodes as soon as they're ready, whereas they'll be public only when the whole series is finished. Mm-hmm. And there's um, two already sat there, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you sign up at $7 and you get two... Uh, episodes and a third one coming soon a whole Gret Binchleaf story and a load of other stuff as well mm. it's ridiculous how much you get if you sign up to the gang and also you make us happy because yeah, the only thing that makes us happy is money <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say knowing that someone likes our shows enough to oh. join the gang is what makes me happy oh not me I, I, like, like, I throw I like... the money away after I get it <laughs> oh I don't spend it I just I, well I've got to drill a hole in the wall and, and I put it in the walls and it makes me feel well, comforted you do I just love hope drilling. there's not a squouse in that wall stealing it <laughs> you do love drilling <laughs> do you love drilling <laughs> you love drilling and you love Willy the Squouse <laughs> your two favourite things if only that book had been called Drilly the Squouse I would have been over the moon I think you probably thought it was you just misread it yeah. that's why you like drilling so much you know? uh, uh, well there was a hole in the wall you yeah. probably thought well he probably did it with his probably drill with his drill drilling the squouse <laughs> You don't know what Drilly the Squouse is. <laughs> Join our Facebook page. Howard made a Facebook page got... for Willie the Squouse, and he's got three people, and like one of them's his mum, hey, and the what? other two are him. <laughs> <laughs> not even I like Willie the Squouse, no. and I do, but not the page. <laughs> In one way, I'm disappointed that, that Willie the Squouse doesn't have a lot of fans on its Facebook page, but at the same time, it makes me feel happy to know that we are more popular <laughs> than one of the Willie, greatest books one ever. One of the greatest books ever. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We hope to welcome you into our lovely secret gang very soon. Bye bye. Drilly the Squouse, you later. <laughs> Here's a stupid. Suckers, rubbish, right to...